throws near sideline, and it's intercepted. Intercepted, Kaylee Ringo at the 21, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, 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 Georgia. Think about Loa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone, touchdown, Alabama wins. Seth Small, 10 of 11 on the year, from 28 yards away for an Aggie upset win. Fifty-six yarder. It's got no. Does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. There goes Davis. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. Welcome to Student Section, a student media poll podcast. Your home for all things SEC football. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Student Section. I'm your host, Jack Duffy. I'm a student journalist at the University of Georgia. I am joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Michael Hull, a student journalist at the University of Florida. Michael, we are less than 24 hours out from college football kicking off tomorrow. How are we feeling today? Excited. Like a, like a kid on Christmas. I yeah. cannot wait to watch Northwestern and Nebraska play in Dublin. I, I don't know why that's the game they chose to send to Dublin, but I'm not complaining because it's college football. And then, you know, you've got Vandy, four-win Vandy. Tell your four grandkids wins. about four-win Vandy. Going to Hawaii for a nightcap. It's going to be it's gonna be great. It's going to be awesome. I love the fact that, I like, out of all of, like, the Big Ten college football representatives, they, they're like, we're going to spread the game to Dublin, Ireland. Here's the game we're going to send. Northwestern and Nebraska. We're going to send Scott Frost to Ireland. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. I mean, he fits right I, in with the Ireland, red hair. like, piss off the U.S. or something? Like, they were like, <laughs> this is what you get. You get, you get. That really... has to hurt international relations somehow. Like, somehow. it can't help them. No, no, definitely not. But yeah, we're, we're so close to college football. It's literally tomorrow as we're recording this podcast, um, which is awesome. We are we are officially back, uh, as I declared last show. Uh, and today we're talking about the SEC West because we, we spent last episode talking about the East uh, with favorites uh, being Georgia and, and who can probably compete with them. Uh, and it's going to be more of the same with the West talk. We're, we're going to talk about Alabama for a little bit, but everybody knows they're, they're probably going to they're, I mean, they're the odds on favor to win the national championship. They're probably going to win the West. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about the West today. We're going to play our, our favorite over under game. We're going to look at their season win totals, uh, set by Vegas at the, uh, start of this season. And, and we're going to see if they're going to go over or under uh, and why we think that is. So we're just going to kick things off with the beast in uh, the West. We are going to go with Alabama, who rightfully so, their over-under is 11 and a half. Um, so it's it's 12 and 0 or bust for this over-under. Michael, are they going undefeated this regular season? Dude, I think so. <laughs> they do. Full take. Full take. I mean, the only weakness I see is potentially on that O-line and how they replace Evan Neal. Yeah. But, I mean, a pissed-off Nick Saban is one of the scariest things imaginable to any non-Alabama football fan. Yeah. Um, and they just – they returned so much talent. They brought in high transfers on the offensive side of the ball – um, I mean, Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech, he's going to be a stud in the backfield. Jermaine Burton, I mean, he's there now. And they still return Bryce Young. They return Will Anderson on the defensive line. They return Henry Toa Jordan Battle, Kool-Aid Mc, McKinstry. Like, I don't – and their schedule is not even that bad. I just – I don't see them losing in the, in the regular season. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, all of those people you mentioned, they, they, they won the portal – they brought back like almost all of their seniors. Like this is a really veteran team for Nick Saban. I mean, he called it a rebuilding year last year. They lost in the national championship. Which, <laughs> I wish not... was, I wish that was my rebuilding year. I know. I'm like, all right, we, we Georgia hasn't won a national championship in, in 
41 years and the the year they do finally break through Nick Saban just says it's only because it was a rebuilding year like that's absurd um I mean I'm looking at the schedule now I I I mean at Texas I'm not that concerned about the only only reason to be concerned is that it's early on in the season yeah it's like I feel like that works more in Bama's favor than Texas's favor with their new quarterback coming in and everything like that um at arkansas could be interesting we'll get into them a little bit texas a&m is in tuscaloosa um the one i really have my eye on is at tennessee we talked about tennessee a lot last week um that could potentially be a trap game coming off of the high emotional stakes of the a&m game with everything that happened this offseason um i mean auburn is in tuscaloosa the iron bowl can always get weird but it's not at Auburn, so I feel like it's not going to be that weird this year. Um, I don't think LSU is ready this year to compete. We'll get to them later as well. The only one I could potentially see, like I said, at Tennessee is interesting and at Arkansas is interesting, but even then, those are those are stretches. Yeah, and we had the storyline coming into the season with like Jimbo and Saban and, and Texas A&M, but that game is in Tuscaloosa. That, that crowd, which – I mean, Bama in the last few years hasn't always had like, like, I mean, obviously they, they come out and support the team. That's not what I'm saying. But like sometimes when you win so much that the home crowd gets a little bit spoiled, there's, they're going to be raucous for that Texas A&M game. So that environment's going to come to play. Um, I, I just, I don't see any losses on this Alabama schedule. Um, and I usually say to avoid over-unders of like 11 and a half, 11. This is one I think that you could you could hammer and it would be a good bet. Like at Alabama out of any team is is probably going to go 12 and 0 in the regular season. So, yeah, I mean, we don't even have to talk about the fact that they have two Heisman favorites on both <laughs> sides of the ball. Like That's just not fair. It's, it's not. Really it's not. They, their quarterback for their offense is, a, is the Heisman front runner. Won, won the Heisman last year, and and basically the quarterback of their defense, Will Anderson, should is, be the number one pick next year in the NFL drafts easily, and is like fifth best in Heisman odds, and he's a defensive player. That like nobody, he would have been number one this past year. Yeah, as <laughs> as crazy as that is, I mean, like there was no clear number one in this last NFL draft. Will Anderson would have been that guy. Yeah. Um, hundred percent so so stupid (laughs) shout out ashley woods it makes me upset that she gets to just like root for this team yeah yeah but it's fine she'll be back on the podcast eventually because eventually we'll be talking about alabama probably a few times because they're probably not gonna lose yeah yeah who knows? This it's yeah, it's shaping up to be a good year for Alabama after that terrible hard rebuilding year in 2021 because yeah, Alabama. <laughs> so I I mean there's not much more to say about them. We're gonna move on to Arkansas. Um and the Razorbacks are coming off a really, really good season in 2021. Uh Sam Pittman has done wonders for that program. Um I'm always I always have a soft spot for Sam Pittman because he was a Georgia offensive line coach. But he's got those hogs just, I mean, they're working. They're, that program is in good shape, and I think they're going to be back for another good season uh, in 2022. Their over-under is set at seven wins. Um, and, Michael, do you see them going over? I was looking at the schedule now. I do, I think, because they start the season at home against Cincinnati, which obviously Cincinnati made the college football playoff last year. Great story. They lost Desmond Ritter. They lost Jerome Ford. They lost Alec Pierce. I don't think they'll be ready for a week one game at Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the Hogs will be rolling right out of the gate. Um, Then they get home against South Carolina which again, I think it works in their favor that they caught South Carolina early with some of the turnover they've had at the quarterback position. Um, then they get Missouri state. So I think you start, start out three and but then you get into the meat of the schedule. You get A&M Alabama at Mississippi state, which should be a win, but then they play at BYU. That's tough. That's actually a really tough. That's game. a really tough game yeah. in Utah. It's a weird game. Um, 
so that that's I think that's the one that will cause the over or under because I think Cincinnati, South Carolina, Missouri State, Mississippi State, Liberty, Missouri should be all wins and that's six and then they have old miss lsu at auburn and byu um which we'll talk about old miss and lsu neither of us really know what lsu is going to look like this year i don't think anyone does um they get old miss late in the season both of those are home games they have a lot of good like home games this year yeah um so i would say over but my eyes really on that byu game yeah i I love that you mentioned that game because so that was one of the games I had circled and I think they could lose that game. Um, I still think that this is probably an over uh, because, I mean, you get Texas A&M at home, you get Ole Miss at home, um, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. And then you, like the, the tough road game or your road games in the SEC are Mississippi State, Auburn, um, like – I think you could pull out one of those on the road. Um, I think this Arkansas team is, is still uh, rolling off the momentum of last year, uh, which they went nine and four. I think they'll, they'll come back and, and probably get at least eight wins. Um, I think their defense probably needs to, to be a little bit better getting pass rush and getting the quarterback. I know that defensive scheme is more about like making – like forcing you to run the ball. They only rush three or four at, at a time, but um, that that defense needs to work on like getting to the quarterback. They bring in Jaden Hazelwood from Oklahoma on offense with to pair up with KJ Jefferson, replacing Traylon Burks. Uh, so I think they have the talent there to, to be a, a mid-tier SEC West team. And in the SEC West, that's really good. Um, so eight four, I think, is is the mark for Arkansas, and I think they'll hit it because, like we said, I think I think the schedule kind of plays out favorably, other than maybe a few tough road games. Um, I agree, so, and they, they also have an all time name on their defensive side of the ball, Bumper Pool. That's an all time football guy name. I love that. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. I think eight wins should be the mark. Um, I could I could see them getting nine or ten depending on how some of those toss ups go. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, because they didn't lose a ton. Obviously, the loss of Traylon Burks is a lot. Um, but KJ Jefferson looked really good last year. Um, and yeah. this is an off this is a run heavy offense to begin with. Um, so if he can keep if he can stay healthy and keep running the way he was running with his dual threat ability, that that could be a fun kind of throwback offense to to watch. Yeah, ground and pound. I I mean, I, I love what they're doing there at Arkansas, and I really hope they, they have a decent season because that program needs to build on the momentum they had from 2021. Um, with that, I think we can move on to Auburn. Uh, Auburn <laughs> had an offseason. <laughs> they had an offseason where did. they they basically put a coup onto their own head coach. Like, they tried to force Brian Harson out of – of the planes. Um, but he's still there. He's still kicking. <laughs> I don't know how. Um, Auburn's over under is set at six. So bowl eligibility for the Tigers. I think that's a really good line. Um, so Michael, I'm curious to hear what you think about what you see out of Auburn this year. I feel like six might be an under looking at their schedule. I mean, it's not an easy schedule. If you take into account, okay, Mercer, win san jose state should be a win missouri should be a win no disrespect to missouri but they're just the worst team in the sec not gonna be good Um, western kentucky should be a win those are the four that i was like yes these should be wins uh but then like you could maybe say mississippi state but that's in starkville and i think mississippi state will have a decent year this year we'll talk about them in a bit um but they get they get AM at home, they get Arkansas at home. So those are two big games. Alabama's at Alabama. That's obviously a loss. Ole Miss is at Oxford. Georgia's at Athens. LSU's at home. And then they also get Penn State mm. in Auburn. Yeah. So there's a lot of toss-ups. Um, there's a lot of games that I could see going either way. 
If they ended with four wins, I wouldn't be shocked. If they ended with eight or nine wins, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, how do they replace Bo Nix? Like, is it going to be Zach Calzada? Is it going to be TJ Finley? They brought in Robbie Ashford from Oregon. Um, they still got Tanks Bigsby in the backfield with an experienced O-line. Um, so the offense shouldn't be shouldn't be bad. It kind of just depends on what they can get from the quarterback position. Fun fact, they brought in Ike Hilliard, former NFL receiver, as their receiver coach. Um, they have experience on defense. They need to uh, recover for the loss of Smoke Monday and Roger McCreary to the NFL. Yeah. Um, they did get Jeffrey Emba. I'm sorry if I – yeah, if I butcher that last name, is the number one Juco player in the country last year, adding to that defense. Um, but again, kind of like you you uh, you were alluding to before, with all the offseason stuff they had going on, I don't know how that will affect their on-the-field play. Yeah. So they have the widest range of outcomes of anyone in the, in the SEC, I think. Yeah, I, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised – if Auburn ends up being the worst team in the West this season. Um, so on that principle, I, I think I have to go under as well. Um, the one thing they have going for them is that their run game and their offensive line could carry them. Um, like we were kind of talking about with Arkansas, they have a chance to go like traditional ground pound. Uh, if the quarterback play is not up to par, which uh, we have honestly have no idea what it what kind of part it will be with tj finley or zach calzada uh that defense is you're going to have to uh replace a lot in the secondary uh they still have zion puckett um the veteran safety there but replacing roger McCreary smoke monday that's huge losses uh, especially in the sec west when there are so many passing attacks that that could get you i mean you have ole miss alabama and mississippi state all who try to kill you through the air. Um, so those losses in secondary for Auburn, terrible. Uh, not good at all. I'm looking at their schedule. And, I mean, the saving grace for them is that the Penn State game's at home. Um, that'll be a, a rowdy game. M Mercer, San Jose State, Missouri, and Western Kentucky are, are your four likely wins. Then you have teams like LSU, Mississippi State, and, and Penn State, those games that I think could go either way. And if you win a majority of those, you're at six or seven. Uh, but it's hard to win a majority of, a majority of those, excuse me. And I, um, I think that Auburn is probably an under. I, I mean, I could be completely wrong. It's not an odd year. So they don't have a whole lot of magic going for them. That's, that's the thing. They, the, the Jordan Hare magic that, that, they're built on a burial ground and odd years they go off and win national championships. Not happening. Not happening. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm not very high on the Auburn Tigers. And as much as like all of this offseason could play into it, Brian Harson, I'm not sure is really even fit for the job there. It seems like it's been too big uh, for him to handle especially with like his assistants and like quitting before they really even start, like some of this stuff going down on the planes. I, I just, I feel bad for him, but he, he's likely gone after this season. I, I don't see any way he survives really, unless he has a, a magical season. So now we're going to move on to LSU, um, which if you've heard me and Michael allude to this throughout the last two episodes, we really have no idea. We have no idea what LSU is bringing um, because, like, I mean, who's who's even going to be their quarterback? Do we know? Question. It's a great question. Miles Brennan Miles, retired a Miles week Brennan ago. Quit. Yeah. He, he just he was like, "No, nah, I'm done." It'll be J Jaden Daniels. I think most likely. Yeah. They I mean, they, they have, still have they still have Keishawn Boutte there. Yeah. Like he's gonna be great. Um, I just have no idea what a Brian Kelly LSU team is going to look like. Yeah, it's um, like at all. Miles Brennan quitting was one of the weirdest stories of the offseason yeah. that I think kind of got just brushed under the rug because it kind of happened like close to the season. And like it was kind of just like it was a story for like a few hours on Twitter. And then it was just like, OK, yeah. Um, 
But if he didn't seem like he was going to get the starting job, why wouldn't he just, you know, ride the bench or transfer? But quitting football altogether was definitely a decision. That's a choice. Um, that maybe some of our student journalist friends at LSU should should look into. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, Keishon Butte is going to be great. I mean, he, I've seen mock drafts that have him projected as the top receiver off the board. Um so if someone can get him the football, that would be awesome. But like you said, I have no idea what to expect from this team. I would say they lost Derek Stingley to the NFL, but like he wasn't playing much anyway. Yeah, he barely played any games. Exactly. Um, yeah, this is this is one that I saw we were talking about. I'm just like, I, I don't know. I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'll be very interested to see what, what happens with them. They also lost Ty Davis-Price, um, who, if you remember, turned into prime Barry Sanders against the Florida Gators last season. Yeah. Um, he's in the NFL now with uh, with San Francisco. But, dude, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> so, yeah, the, the over-under is set at seven for the, the LSU Tigers. And I'm looking at their schedule, and I I, I got to say, I think it's an under. Um, this is one we were talking about before. I don't know that we touched this at all, like betting wise, like, um, because they open up the season with Florida state, Florida state also in a, a really weird spot where they're like trying to compete, but also I don't know that they have the ability to, um, so Florida state, which probably could be a win for the tigers. That game's in new Orleans too. Yeah. That, that's going to be at the Superdome. So like, it's a, Neutral site game, but it's more it's like Georgia's neutral site game against Oregon in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, FS obviously Tallahassee is a little closer to New Orleans than yeah. Eugene is Eugene to Atlanta. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, I think that'll be mostly mostly purple and gold there. So I would I would call that a win for LSU as well. Yeah, and and then after Southern, you have New Mexico State or New Mexico, not New Mexico State um and uab as your other non-conference matchups so that's four wins uh if we give them florida state which i think we we can mm-hmm. um then you have uh your two east opponents are auburn uh oh wait not auburn, um, west team uh florida and tennessee um yep. and florida is also in gainesville Florida's Which at the swamp makes a big difference. This this is what I was I was going to say. A lot of their SEC matchups are on the road. A lot of like their their really like toss up ones are on the road, which does not bode well for them at all. They go they have to go to Jordan Hare, they have to go to the swamp, they have to go to Arkansas and Fayetteville, and then they have to go to, to College Station. That's that's easily four losses. I I don't I don't know. I even with Florida like not even like up to, to the standards that Florida wants to be, I still think Florida probably pulls out a win there in the swamp because that crowd will be loud. Uh, both programs are new first-year head coaches, and I really don't know what to expect. I'll give the advantage to Florida for that because it's a, uh, it's a home game for them. Um, then you, you play Alabama. That's a loss. Um, and, and you have Ole Miss as well. Uh, that's probably a loss because Ole Miss at this point I give the advantage to even if it's in Baton Rouge. You play Tennessee, who could be the second best team in the East. Um, and that, that one is in that that is in Death Valley, but I yeah. I was just saying I think Tennessee is the one team that could maybe knock off Bama on their schedule. Yeah, like I think Tennessee is a better team than LSU this year. Yeah, um, I agree. I think it's an under but i just i mean i wouldn't touch this yeah, like i, I mean is fsu southern new mexico uab wins um if they split auburn and florida so let's say they beat auburn lose to florida um so they split those two early road matchups i think they lose to tennessee i think they lose to old miss i think they lose to bama and then you have to they're over under seven yeah you would have to beat both Arkansas and AM just to get that, which and, I don't think they do. Yeah. Maybe they beat Ole Miss, but I think I don't 
I think they win a max of one of those three games of Ole Miss, Arkansas, and AM. I don't yeah. see them beating more than one of those teams. I I think I mean I, I think the ceiling for this LSU team, and I could be completely wrong because we have no idea what their identity is going to be under Brian Kelly. And they're still talented on defense. Like their defense is talented. They've recruited well on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, the offense is going to be a little bit of a struggle uh, this year. I think the ceiling is probably seven and five. Um, and that's, that doesn't give you an over and that's a push uh, with this odds. I, I gotta be honest, if that, if seven and five is the ceiling, you're probably going to get something below that. Uh, Cause under a first year head coach, not his first year, but his first year in Baton Rouge. Um, I think there will be still some learning curves to, to the LSU offense and defense that those schemes, I, I think six and six uh, and potentially even five and seven uh, for LSU would is uh, a realistic outlook on the season, which for, for Tiger fans coming off, like it's been now three years since LSU won the national championship. That's not what you want to hear. Uh, I get it, but uh, you, you got to give Brian Kelly at least a little bit of time um, to implement his systems, recruit a little bit. I know he's not like the, the greatest coach, like in, in the game and just like, like brand wise, you know, he, he doesn't like, he's a a goofy, he's a goofy guy. I think it's the best way to describe Brian Kelly. Yeah. He's, he's always silly, goofy. Uh, He's always always doing something. Yeah. Whether it's faking a Southern accent or doing like TikTok dances with the 360 camera. um, And then not getting that recruit. (laughs) That was, that was one of my favorite stories from this last (laughs) season. Brad Kelly doing so much and then just absolutely not, not getting that guy. But yeah, LSU, ah, that's an under. I wouldn't touch it though. I wouldn't touch it. I, I think they have the ability to go seven and five with their talent and that's still not over. So I wouldn't touch it. Um, next we have Mississippi state, Mike Leach, the pirate ship, the pirate ship. Shout out to our boy, Tanner Marlar. We got, we got some bulldogs action here in the West. Um, Will Rogers returns. We know exactly what we're going to get out of the Mississippi state offense. They're going to pass the ball pretty much the entire day. They might run it like three times in a game, maybe. (laughs) It's mostly going to be a passing game for the Mike Leach offense, as as everybody knows. Um, His wide receiving core, still a concern. They they don't really have the talent there or depth, I, I think, to be throwing the ball as much as they do. Uh, their over under is set at six and a half. Um, so coming off last season where they, they lost their bowl game, um, it's about the same uh, coming into 2022. And I think it's my early guess here is that it's an under. I think it's going to be six and six for Mississippi State. At the max, I yeah. think. I mean, the back half for their schedule not even just like after Bowling Green on September 24th. So from October on, they get AM in Starkville, Arkansas in Starkville, at Kentucky. I think that's 0-3. Then they go to Bama. Then they get Auburn at home. Then they get Georgia at home. Then they get East Tennessee State. And then they have the Egg Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like, it's possible they lose seven of their last eight games. Yeah. Like, I, and- think, they, I think they'll beat. Auburn and then the Egg Bowl is always a toss up and then they'll beat Tennessee State obviously or East Tennessee State but like that's a brutal schedule to like after after not easy games early on like I mean LSU we just talked about in Death Valley who knows what's going to happen there yeah when they start out with Memphis and Arizona Arizona at Arizona too which is Arizona has been one of the the lower tier Pac-12 teams for the last few years. It's still, it's still an Eastern Conference team traveling out west. Yeah, I feel like that could just be a weird game. I think Mississippi State will win that. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I mean, yeah, I think six and six is the ceiling for this team. 
Yeah. Sorry, Tanner, if you're if you're listening. Um, but I think Tanner kind of knows it too. Yeah. I the the other thing about the schedule, another little scheduling note. They they go eight straight weeks without a bye. So mm-hmm. they go through that gauntlet of an SEC schedule, starting out 0-3-0-4 in SEC play. Um, and then they'll get a bye week. They don't they don't get any relief through that first like eight weeks of of just hell. <laughs> um they they get past Memphis, Arizona, and Bowling Green, and then they're just they're they're in, in purgatory for the rest of the season, really. Like their their only hope is that they're chucking the ball down and they're finding receivers in the end zone. Like I mean, Will Rogers played well last year. Like he did. To, to his credit, I mean 74% completion percentage, 36 touchdowns. Um, but like you said, they lost two of their top receivers. Um, so who knows what that receiving core is gonna look like. Obvious, and they lost Charles Cross, top 10 pick in the NFL draft last year. Who knows what that offensive line is going to look like? Um, shout out Mike Leach, though. Yeah. Big Mike Leach fan. Uh, made a cameo on Friday Night Lights. Go, go, go look for that. Um, go in a season, season four episode of Friday Night Lights. His latest tweet, if you want me to read it, it's oh, a, uh, it's a ready, meme. Ready. Okay. And it says, Did you know the symbol M? in mcdonald's represents the first letter of mcdonald's which is he he tweets like he is mike leach like he he tweets like he's a grandpa using facebook for the first time and not an sec coach and i love it i love mike leach don't love the mississippi state over under though no i i love mike leach and like i just hope he is able to stay a head football coach somewhere for until he wants to retire because that man has the most uh quotable slash sound biteable uh voice and just like in general he's he's so quotable uh i love his attitude i know he's gonna have a tough season uh we we don't really agree with the uh the over under here i think we're going under uh under six and a half but yeah Love Mike Leach. Love love Mississippi State and the pirate ship. Love we love Tanner out there uh, in Starkville. Like we 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 do enjoy a good Mississippi State uh, love, but you know not not really the football team. <laughs> so which which leads us to their rival, the Lane Train, Ole Miss, which they lost Matt Corral and our our boy went to the NFL, um, plays for the Panthers now. Um, but Ole Miss, let's see what their over-under total is at. It is seven and a half. So we talked about this a little bit before. I think it's a little low, like that number, um, which I am leading to believe it should be an over. I like Lane Kiffin a lot. I think his coaching like acumen um, could – like should get them over like to eight and four at the very least. I think he, they could potentially be in for like a nine and three, 10 and two season. If everything goes to plan, uh, they have Jackson dart from USC coming through the transfer portal. I mean, Lane Kiffin dubbed himself the portal King, the way he was doing uh, transfer portal combat with other, other schools. Um, yeah. I, I, I really like Ole Miss and their outlook this season. I, I know, um, they they're really just the the trouble for them is going to be implementing those transfers that they bring in because so many new guys in a new system they might be great players but it's still it's going to take a little bit of a learning curve um their schedule though it's pretty easy um it's about to say yeah i i think it it leads to being over (laughs) um i agree i mean looking at their schedule, like there's a chance this team starts eight and zero. Yeah. And I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, they get Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Tulsa as their first four games. Those are all wins. And then home against Kentucky, which that'll be like their their biggest game up to that point. Um getting Kentucky at home is huge. And then at Vandy, we love Vandy, but we chalked that one up as a loss. We that chalked a that loss. one up as a loss for the Commodore. There's still four wins, though. There's still four still wins. Still four win Vandy. Um, 
tell your great grandkids. Um, <laughs> and then they get Auburn at home and then they're at LSU, um, which we just said, who knows with LSU. Right. So like there's a real chance they start the season eight and zero, but then they end the year at AM, home versus Bama, at Arkansas, home versus Mississippi State. Yeah. Um, which the Egg Bowl always rivalry game, who knows? But that's a brutal end to the season, kind of just stuffing all of your tough matchups right at the end there. Um, but no, I agree. I I think it's an over as well. Obviously, we've been on the lane train for a while now. Yeah. Um, they did lose a lot of rushing production. I think what their top four. I want to say the top four rushers are all they had gone. a really deep running back room. They did. I mean, yeah, Jerry on Ely, Snoop Connor, now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Shout out Snoop. Um, Matt Corral obviously was the top rush for them. And Henry Paris transferred to Miami. Um, that's over 2,500 rushing yards that they lost. Um, Lane hit the hit the recruiting trail like he does. Um, hit the portal pretty well. Got a few guys from from the great state of Texas, Zach Evans from TCU, and uh, a great name here, U- Ulysses Bentley the fourth from SMU. Nice, awesome name. Nice. Was Stetson Bennett the fourth, but Ulysses Bentley the fourth. That that actually that might compete with Stetson Bennett. That's fourth. more like Georgia old time governor name than yeah. Stetson his, Bennett the his fourth. Family, that that's like old 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 money, you know. Yeah. That's like money was in molasses or something. <laughs> And they both had productive years, um, so I don't think that's going to be a huge loss. They brought in two receivers as well, one from Louisville, Jordan Watkins, and one from UCF, Jalen Robinson. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Jackson Dart does because yeah. replacing Corral is going to be tough. But I trust Lane Kiffin with that because Corral wasn't much like – I mean – I'm thinking back to the start of 2020. He did not look good. Um, he was in a competition for a while before taking over and Lane really like got a hold of him and made him great in 2021. Um, so I trust Lane to develop Jackson Dart. And yeah, I think I think the over is a pretty easy hit here. The only thing that is cause for concern with Ole Miss is their defense. And it's always going to be cause for concern with Lane Kiffin because he doesn't he doesn't really pay attention to defense. They're like, no. As long as they are on the Why do you field. need to pay attention to defense? You can just score every time. Yeah, you, you just like points go, brr, you know, like they, <laughs> they score touchdowns like nonstop. Like it, as long as you're scoring more points than the other team, you win. Um, that but, is hard hitting analysis, advanced <laughs> analytics right there. I'm not going to hear that anywhere else. Put me in a GM's office. I know how more, to more points than the other team and you win. Someone hire this man. He's graduating soon. Someone hire him. Come Please. on. I, I need a job. <laughs> no, but this this Ole Miss defense was actually better than it was in 2020. Uh, like 2021's Ole Miss defense was better than it was in 2020. But in 2021, it was still 97th in the nation. Like that's bad. how bad that's how bad it is. Like, you know, you you improved on defense and like it actually helped you win football games. Like they went to the Sugar Bowl because their defense got better but their defense was still 97th in the nation. Like that's the only reason to, to have concern. Um, they, they lose Sam Williams, which was their top sacker uh, 12 and a half sacks uh, on the edge. Um, yeah. I, they, like we said earlier, they, they did a lot of work in the portal, um, which should bode well but also like they have to implement those guys uh, and it might take a while to learn the defensive system um if lane really even has one <laughs> i don't i don't know at this point um but yeah that's that's all miss i really still think it's an over because i i honestly could see this team going 10 and 2 and still in contention for like a new year six bowl um like they were last year and like losses to like uh, one uh, Alabama for sure. And one of like Arkansas or Texas A&M and maybe winning the other one of those matchups. Um, but yeah, I, I say that's an over, which leads us to the hot pick to challenge Bama in the SEC West. Uh, the Texas A&M Aggies, uh, whose win total is set at eight and a half, which at first glance, with based off all the preseason hype that the Aggies have gotten, 
at first glance, you think eight and a half. You're like, whoa, that's that's a really low number. We should take an over there. Uh, I'm here to tell you that this is potentially an under. Not um, so fast, my friend. Not so fast. As the great Lee Corso says, not so fast. Texas A&M, not only for the fact that they always go eight and four, um, they're the hot pick because of the recruiting class they're bringing in, which is the number one class coming in. Uh, the 2021 was the number one class, um, which they will be good. They will be good, but not this year. Not this year. You will have a few freshmen that make impact and, and that like are, are making good plays for the Aggies, but I don't see that freshman class coming in and immediately like making these these Aggies national championship contenders. Um, you have Haynes King, who was injured last year, uh, who is hopefully going to like make that Texas A&M offense less anemic than it was last year because like God forbid, other than the Alabama game where they upset them last year, they didn't want to score points. They 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 hated scoring points. So you look at this. They were the opposite of Ole Miss last year. Yeah, exactly. Like, and they didn't have like the Georgia level defense. They had a good defense, but they didn't hold teams to under ten points to where they couldn't just decide not to score points in, in a certain game. Like. They, they really need that offense production to pick up. Michael, I'm curious to hear what you think of Texas A&M coming in 2022. Yeah, I mean, they lost a lot, like you were yeah. saying. I mean, they lost Kenyon Green, DeMarvin Leal, Michael Clemens, Isaiah Spiller, all to the NFL draft, and then they lost four more players who signed with teams in undrafted free agency. Um and that's a lot of production to replace. Kenyon Green was one of the best offensive linemen in college football last year. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Haynes King does. They also got Max Johnson from LSU from the portal, um, which if Max Johnson would play like he did against Florida last season, <laughs> AM could win the national title. I'm never, I'm just never going to get over that game. So I'm going to reference it as much as possible. That, that anyway. game was brutal. A lot of people put up their best performances. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just it wasn't great the disgust in michael's face right now is is beautiful i just oh. want to point that out i mean that was i i mean i drove nine hours to watch that game to cover that game and then i drove nine hours back at like 2 a.m to gainesville <laughs> and just listened to colin baton rouge colin and random cast, <laughs> and it was great except for the four hours the game was going on anyway that's a whole different rant that I've already had on this show, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that that was one of the Dan Mullen rants, I think. But um, he who should not be named. Anyway, getting off track, back to Texas A&M. I agree with everything you're saying. I yeah. don't think this is the year that they compete with Bama. Um, I think that's a next year and a 2024 issue for Alabama. I don't think 2022 is – is that season um their schedule's interesting because they start out you know sam houston appalachian state so two wins and then they get miami at kyle field um i'm not really sure what to think of miami obviously tyler van dyke is there he's good i think first year Um, under mario cristobal First year under Cristobal, early in the season, Miami we fired up for that game. I would give the edge to AM just because of at Kyle Field. Um, and then they have a, another neutral site game, but it's in Arlington against Arkansas, who we've been hyping up Arkansas a lot on this podcast. I think Arkansas wins that game. I really do. Yeah. Then they go on the road to Mississippi State, on the road to Bama, on the road to South Carolina. That's not that that's a not an easy stretch. I know Mississippi State probably won't be that great this year, um, but in Starkville, I would still give the edge to AM. But then you go to Bama, that's going to be an emotional game, a lot going on um, because of everything that happened in the soft season between Saban and Jimbo. And then I think you'd be in a letdown spot against South Carolina. Weird things happen in Columbia. Spencer Rattler's there. By October 22nd, you would think he would have most of the offense figured out. Um, and then, then they get Ole Miss back at home, and they get Florida at home, and then they go to Auburn. Um, and then they finish up the season with Ole, Ma- 
old yeah no UMass and LSU yeah so it's a weird schedule I I, I do want to point out that AM's official football website has the SEC championship listed as a game um I think that's a bad omen that's I really, terrible that's I think terrible. I think I might take the under just because of that like okay I, I joked about it just before we started talking uh, about Texas A&M, but like eight and four is their tradition. Like that's 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 peak Texas A&M, and it hasn't changed under Jimbo yet. Uh, I'm expecting it to change whenever they get those recruiting classes under, like get some years on them, uh, get them in into the program. But this year, it's I think it's going to be eight and four. That's literally I. And I, it's a meme at this point, but I think eight, four is the number and their over under total is eight and a half. So I think I got to go under, um, wins at Sam Houston, Appalachian state. I'm going to give Miami, uh, the Texas A&M, the win against Miami. Uh, I'll give them a win versus Mississippi state, even though it's in Starkville, um, give them UMass. LSU is at home. We don't really know anything. We don't know anything about LSU. <laughs> we don't know what to expect. And then you have Florida, which that's, I think, a toss-up. Uh, but I, I still think that's that's more towards Texas A&M. Uh, yeah. Uh, and at Auburn, which could be a toss-up. I, I really don't know what to expect out of Brian Harson. The one thing to note about their schedule going at Alabama, at Mississippi State, or at Mississippi State, at Alabama, at South Carolina. South Carolina is coming off a bye um, the week before. Uh, I think Texas A&M loses two out of three of those away games. I I think it's LS, or Alabama and South Carolina. They lose those games. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say they lose to Alabama, South Carolina. That's two losses. I think they lose to Arkansas, like we said. And I'm gonna give Ole Miss a win over Texas A&M because I like Ole Miss's offense better. Uh, and I, I don't know. I just think eight and four, uh, that's Texas A&M <laughs> listing the SEC. Why, why would you list the SEC championship game as a game on your website? That's terrible. <laughs> it was a, it was a decision that was made. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is there. Um, you can go to, you can go 12thman.com. Check it out. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I just, I feel like that's a bad omen. I know that's a it's stupid, a terrible reason. omen. I know that's a stupid reason, but I just, I don't trust it. I just don't I, trust it. I, I, Alabama can do that. I think that's it. I don't even know if I would trust Georgia to do it. No, listen, I've, 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 I've grown up a Georgia fan. And if Georgia did that, I think I would probably like drive over to the athletic, uh, association's office and be like hey we need to change this This is not good uh we're still like we we won the national championship but we we are still georgia at the end of the day this is not uh, we are not alabama uh we are we are not guaranteed a spot in the sec championship game but yeah i texas a&m man i i don't trust them and i i don't think jimbo really moves the needle for me with them um so yeah if it's eight and a half i think i take the under there um, but yeah, that's, that's all the SEC West teams, I believe. Um, I, I, I hope I'm not missing anybody. I know. I think we're good. Um, yeah. So Texas A&M, I don't think you're going to be challenging Alabama. That's, that's my take. And that's the SEC West. It's Alabama's world and everybody's living in it. Um, Michael, any last thoughts on the West? No, I'm with you. I mean, it's, yeah. it's Bama and then the field. Um, and if I were betting on the SEC West, which I don't know why you would, because yeah. it's Bama, they're going to be heavenly favored and they should be <laughs> Bryce Young, Will Anderson, Ashley Woods. I mean, they, they've, they've got it all. They, they've, they, got, they've got everything. Yeah, absolutely. They've got just a fantastic football team. Nick, Nick Saban is going to be coaching until 2030 now. Uh, if you saw that eight year extension that he signed, making him once again, worth, worth every penny, by yeah. the way, $94 yeah. million for what he's brought to that team. I mean, worth every penny and then some. Yeah. Once again, he's the highest paid coach in, in college football. Kirby smart had that moniker for like a month. Um, but 
yeah, Nick Nick Saban deserves every every part of that. I mean, seven national championships at Alabama, like absurd, absurd. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the West. So I I, I don't know what, what else to say other than and just if you're gonna bet on it, bet on Alabama because why not? Um, easy money there, Michael. It's we've got college football tomorrow. Tell the people how you're feeling and where they can find you. I'm feeling great. Yeah. It's so exciting. You know, we've got preseason football and that's fine. It's, I don't I even watch it. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be watching the Saints preseason game tonight. I'll watch a little bit of the Jaguars game tomorrow. Maybe I won't be. I'd yeah. rather watch some bad college football than some bad preseason NFL football because this that's is, right. um, I mean, it's like, it's a little appetizer week zero. It's a nice little ease yourself into just the main entree that comes in the regular season. Um, Cause it's not, it's not like it's great matchups or anything like that. Like we have to hype up Northwestern Nebraska in Vanderbilt, Hawaii. Tell your great, great, great grandchildren about four win Vandy. Four wins. Um, but football is going to be on our screens. There's going to be, dudes hitting each other and football's flying in the air and green turf coming up and it's going to be awesome and i can't wait to watch it you can follow me on twitter at michael underscore hall 33 i'm going to be working back at the alligator a little bit this this semester Um, i'm going to be hosting the alligator sports podcast so if for some reason you want to hear more of my voice and you want to hear about gator athletics you can listen to that that first episode is going to drop sometime next week um follow at alligator sports uh yeah follow me again at michael underscore hole 33 uh follow jack duffy at jack duffy on twitter (laughs) boom 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 that is a great segue i appreciate that um i yeah you can follow me on twitter at jack duffy uh i tweet a lot about sports atlanta sports specifically um Atlanta Braves are in a tight division race right now with the Mets. So very, very heated about that on Twitter most times. But college football is going to be back, which means I will be tweeting a lot about the Georgia Bulldogs. And I am not writing for the Red and Black this semester, which means I will be talking a little bit more freely about the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, Yeah. So follow me there. Uh, Go follow at Red Black Sports because they are still putting out amazing, great content run by student journalists. Uh, that put in such great hard work. Um, follow this podcast at Stud SEC SMP. Uh, we got we're back on the grind. We we've got weekly episodes coming very very shortly. Uh, we will be back next week previewing week one um, and getting into Vandy Hawaii, of course, because we have to dive into it at this point. Um, yeah. And then I'll follow at student media 25. We got the student media poll back for season two. We're going to get polls rolling here. The uh, preseason poll is already out, but week one poll will be out next, the, the Tuesday after week one. So be on the lookout for that. We've got exciting news coming out on Monday regarding the podcast network. So be on the lookout for that as well. Uh, yeah. So with that, we are going to say goodbye for now, but we'll be back shortly with college football, which is back, baby. All right.